How do we keep people busy? Well, the reality is, is that even though demand, like overall people, you know, homeowners searching for, for business is down, it's not gone. So it's just a different type of user. I love going after um, straight install business on the HVAC side of things. So there's seasonality, obviously more so in the HVAC side of things, but um, in spring and fall, I love going after install business. Now, yes, there's less of it, but the conversion rates are higher and those that are buying can buy more expensive things than they have cash. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your host, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you and looking forward to a great conversation today, this time with none other than CEO of Rhino Strategic Solutions and fellow podcaster of the To The Point Home Services podcast, Chris Yano. That's right. We're looking forward to having a good conversation with him, talking about everything that he's doing in terms of a marketing perspective and how that can apply to you as a technician or you as an owner or GM in your business. Looking forward to a great show with him and all the things that he is doing over there at the To The Point Home Services Podcast. If you're not familiar with that, make sure you go check it out. There's plenty of time in the week to listen to more than just our two voices for an hour, an hour and a half. Uh, but for right now, you're going to be stuck with us for a couple of minutes as we break down some ideas for you ourselves. And to start that off, we're going to turn to Brian for our quote. The very best proof that something can be done is that someone else has done it already. Bertrand Russell. You know, I think that is, is uh, an incredibly powerful statement once you have absolutely lived that out. Like, I mean, you talk about, we've talked about Roger Bannister before and what the four minute mile did in terms of breaking the barrier of things that couldn't be done. But there's also something to be said about the ability to go see somebody doing something that you initially thought was, was not possible. Like you, you go and see a technician who's selling a million dollars and, and you're only selling 500,000 right now. And you thought that that was, that was insane. That number is not possible. And then you start living in this world of making up excuses about how they're ripping off cu uh, customers and how they're, oh, they just have it so easy because of this environmental place or this opportunity that you don't have and all this stuff. And yet the fact remains that out there in the world right now, we have to live with the fact that people are doing bigger and better things than we are right now. And we have to rationalize, and it's only healthy if you rationalize it by saying, oh, I wonder how I could get there as opposed to, oh, I wonder how I could tear them down back to my level. And so the quote that you start off with there, Brian, is important because I think there is so much value in terms of going and seeing and finding people who are doing things that we aren't doing as well and creating that belief in ourselves that it is possible to get there. Not only possible, but uh, almost a responsibility, depending on where we're talking about. It's a it's a uh, a further uh, or a, a more detailed version of that quote would be to say that there are people out there doing 
the things you want to be doing and have already hit the goals you wanted to hit with less advantages and more disadvantages. So there's really no excuse to get busy or no excuse not to get busy. Now, I haven't found that to be the case. I have gone to a Philadelphia Eagles game, and as of yet, my NFL abilities have yet to show themselves. I'm still waiting for the fruition <laughs> of that goal to come to Is place. your goal to become the NFL or the NFL quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Sorry, buddy. that's exactly right. I don't think it's in the cards for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I see somebody do it, Brian, I, and now I know it's possible. So I just This is true. I don't think there's ever been an NFL quarterback at your height or shorter. So there you have a disadvantage. Uh, Let alone the Winnie the Pooh-esque uh, shape of the guy uh, across from wow. you. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, that is... Uh, I would. I just hate to see you take a shoulder pad in the in the chest or side, buddy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's greatly appreciated. I'm speechless at your compliments. Well, before we go into the uh, what's becoming my all time favorite part of the podcast, which is review reading, because oftentimes now I'm not. I'm trying at least not to read them until until we read them on the show. It's difficult nope. because. Well, Frankly, it does make sense because you look at your phone the entirety of the podcast, and this is the only point where it actually makes sense to the podcast to be looking mm. at your phone. So I understand yeah. why this is. And here, I just favorite. I memorized them. I don't even read them now. I'm not even looking at the phone. <laughs> Tattoos. <laughs> um, before we get to that part, I just want to talk about something. One of our uh, texts did here is just kind of celebrate, dude. He's a big fan of the show, and uh, and um, on top of that is just to say like. I don't, you know, in a lot of the country, it's, we talk about this probably too much, but at length in a lot of the country here in mid-October, it's the shoulder season, the slower season, the whatever you want to call it season. Um, we always like to call it training season in Lancaster. It's time to get better, you know? Um, give me a, a rainy day with, with gloom outside and nothing going on. And to me, that's just a day to stay in the gym longer. Like I don't need <laughs> a nice, sunny, beautiful day. I got to go do something outside. So it's uh it's training season and we have a, a tight schedule that we keep here uh, Monday through Thursday. Friday is voluntary role play day. And Jack Johnston, one of our plumbers here, um, took it upon himself to make a game for today's today's uh today is friday as we're recording this to make a game for uh today's role play friday and he, i think he actually got every member of the team to come in which is cool because it doesn't typically happen on on uh, voluntary role play friday it always happens on mandatory role play tuesday but not voluntary role play friday so he um had myself and kyle uh brewer here and uh his and jack's fiance tatum be judges and they even made us up some Olympic ice skating type scorecards. And there was one objection in every member of the team. It was all uh, random you, who, who went next. Uh, Siri picked a number for us and they had to go up and role play an objection. And uh, the clients were tough. And we just went through every one and they all got a vote from three different judges and the winner got a uh, gift card to in and out. And, but it was like, it was a really fun thing. We saved all the, the uh, criticism or, or feedback, whatever you want to call it for the end. 
um, as I just took notes every time somebody went and then just had a really good time. Fun, laughs, role play that was probably quite a bit more fun than my typical role play, which is just, oh, it's a grind. You know, you just go over and over and over and over and over until you get it right. Um, and then out everybody goes and we're having a probably a nearly record day today. So um, kudos to Jack, kudos to his fiance Tatum because she came in here on her way to work and hooked that up for us. And uh, kudos to everybody out there trying to keep their training, not only doing training because a lot of people don't even do training, but much less on a Friday. But for those out there trying to make it more engaging and more fun, man, that's that's what we need, us uh, technicians, you know. So shout out to Jack. Appreciate you, buddy. That's so good, Ryan, and I'm, I'm excited for you and your team to hear about that. Uh, I, I think any way, like you said, any way that we can make it more engaging, more fun, gamify things, uh, all the better for everybody involved. And so, you know, kudos to you guys for making that happen. Well, it's time now for that special part of our podcast where we review. Wait a minute. Did we just do that? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's time now for that special part of our podcast where we spend just a moment talking about one of your reviews. Brian, who are we highlighting this week? If I could give six stars, I would. Actually, you can, again, we've said this before, you can take all of your team's phone <laughs> and you can <laughs> you give can hundreds give of stars. stars. Yeah, you can just make every one of them write a homework assignment. Owners, managers, sit your team down, make them write a review, show, show you the phone. Don't let them sneak off and do a three star. <laughs> uh, if I could give six stars, I would outstanding content. Nate and Brian provide information for free that many coaches charge thousands for. I constantly have our team listen to snippets from the show in our meetings and encourage them to listen on their own time. You are our go-to podcast for sure. Thanks, guys. You are making us all better. Nick and the Goodman Plumbing Team. Nick the Goodman. Yeah. Great review. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, Mr. Nick. Hey, uh, it's Goodman, like one word, you know, but like good man. You ever watch uh, Breaking Bad? Absolutely not, huh? Silly no. question. <clears throat> well, most of our audience has because they're regular human beings and <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed that show, which is one of the definitely a top 10 all time series. Well, there's a, a lawyer on there named Saul Goodman, and he has his own show now called Better Call Saul. And uh, my brother, Kevin, told me about this. I didn't, I didn't know it. But he said, do you know why he made his name Saul Goodman? I said, no idea. Because that wasn't his name before he changed it as, as an attorney. Saul Good, man. Uh, <laughs> wow. That was a long yeah. setup. No, for all you breaking, the Breaking Bad fans out there going nuts, they had to pull over. They're so excited. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, they pulled over. They paused it. They had to catch their breath. Saul Good, man. It's all good. Yeah, well, it's all good on the review. And uh, we do thank you, Mr. Goodman, for taking the time to do that. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to get Mr. Yano on the show. I have been listening to to the point for a good year and a half now. Uh Mr. Brent Buckley put me on to to the point, I think, to tell me like he had done a podcast before. And I'm like, oh, I want to hear it. And I listened to it. Then I found Ken Goodrich on there. And I'm like, oh, I like I hadn't heard his voice in I don't know, a decade. And um, 
just started going through it and I'm like, holy crap. I just went on down the list and I was just like blown away by, by, uh, the guests. And, um, I, I don't know if you remember or not, but they, we were going through things that we found, we found, uh, fixes for on the show. And at that time I immediately started talking about it on this show. And then, um, it's probably even changed the way in some ways that we book guests because oftentimes now, instead of always only looking for text to help text get better, there's a sense of like, Hey, if we get some of the leadership of really good companies on here and it influences company leaders who are listening to the show, that is going to directly impact technicians and make their lives better, probably in, in an even more impactful way. So in every way we could, we appreciate uh, Chris and To The Point Podcast. So very excited to have him on and let him tell his story. That's right. And that's what we're going to do right now is we put none other than Chris Yano in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Chris Yano. He is the CEO of Rhino Strategic Solutions and has been leading the charge since 2008. He's also the host of the popular To The Point Home Services podcast. Chris is an experienced business owner, investor, and philanthropist with a heart for the trades. He's done hundreds of keynotes, breakouts, and webinars on successful digital marketing best practices for home services company during his tenure. Chris is married to his wife of 16 years, Anna, who is also working at the Rhino Corporation as the COO, and has four children, Casey, Berkeley, Mason, and Fallon. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, I am excited been listening to it for a bit, talking to Brian. So uh, I'm excited to be on here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on here. And although not nearly as excited as I am to record an episode of Waste No Day in the To The Point <laughs> building, because we are in none other than the conference room of uh, Rhino Strategic Marketing That's Solutions. right. That's right. Is that a first? Of that I've been L- here? Lucky guys. <laughs> Oh, no, yes, we have never recorded in, in, in another, another podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the last episode we recorded, which was Laura Kelly, we recorded uh, with my tripod to my mic in um, Mrs. Burton's sock drawer uh, sitting behind me. <laughs> Clean Love, socks, I hope. Loving the fact that we're talking about her sock drawer right now. Well, it's good to have you on the show, Chris, and you're certainly no stranger to the industry. Uh, at least for anybody who who does things around the podcast circle and in the marketing aspects as well. And you're well publicized in many of the shows and showcases around the nation. But we kind of like to get a little bit of a view behind the curtain. So what is it exactly that got you into this whole thing that we know and love as the trades? And what was your story growing up? Yeah, man. Um, Well, I'll give you the the 30,000 foot view of my story growing up. So, um, though I'm headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where Brian sits right now yeah, buddy. Uh, in the, lives, in lives. the Rhino headquarters, yes. uh, not technically in the, to the point studio, but close. Yeah. I mean, we're here in the office. We got um, some, we got some sun issues at this time. It's a studio. little bright, you know, here and still hundred degrees in, in Phoenix, Arizona, um, sun shining right into the studio. Just like Pennsylvania with all that <laughs> sunshine, right? <Nate? laughs> Hey, it was beautiful today, and it's 50 degrees right now. So nice. <laughs> well, wait a day. <laughs> yeah, I uh, so I actually grew up uh, in India. I'm from Indiana originally, so grew up on a big old corn and soybean farm, uh, farming family, that whole deal. Um, I was there 
really all the way through college. And then uh, I just up and moved to Phoenix as soon as I was done with college. So now I've actually been here in Arizona longer than I've been uh, in, in Indiana, but um, grew up there and, uh, you know, kind of left. I've, I've, I've done a bunch of different things from race car driving to bull riding to uh, I led a, a, a Christian rock band at one point wow. in time. Um, always tried a bunch of different things, like just trying to figure out like, where do I fit in? What's, you know, what am I going to do? And, um, once I got out to Arizona, it was more of just trying to figure out who I am and who do I want to be. And, uh, never really, really knew I had like what skill I had best. You know, I was trying to figure out, am I a sales guy? Am I a marketing guy? I really had no idea. Um, and at this point in time, you know, I'm like 21, you know, 22 years old. And so forgot my first corporate job corporate job like you know and i had to get it together and that was at a company called discover card you ever heard that discover card <laughs> discover no, card i don't know i don't know this thing <laughs> uh owned by morgan stanley uh well they have a big they have haven't a, met him either yeah, yeah. harry's a great guy uh I, i'm assuming morgan stanley is actually two different people i don't really know that is or isn't uh, jp morgan would probably yeah eh, it's okay try and figure that out uh anyhow first corporate job i learned you know what i'm actually really good at uh you know, college proved one thing right, and that's really like my social game is on point. Mm. I can I really know how to talk to people and connect with people, and so I figured out I was kind of decent at sales. So, uh, you know, I once I, I started to realize that I had something here, like I had a real skill in selling, and that there's other alternatives. I started looking outside of a Discover Card to find something that might be the start of what's called a career, and uh, it was a Yellow Page company here in Phoenix. So. Um, for those of you who don't know who Yellow Pages are, that's listening if you're Very Gen advanced Z. form of marketing. <laughs> uh, yes. It's a little bit of the uh, old school uh, phone book. If you don't know what a phone book is. If you don't know yet, you will because it's coming. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to end all this Google nonsense. Sure is. It's going to take over. Um, anyhow, I got into this world of, of Yellow Pages, which is print advertising back in the day. And uh, I really liked you know selling to people, but I had a hard time trying to convince uh, you know, folks that, this piece of paper because I added red to it, made it mean more people looked at it and more people called your, your business. And, and I really just had a difficult time connecting the dots on those things. So, um, I wanted facts to support these things. Not like, Hey, we did a survey and 552,000 people looked at this page. Like that wasn't enough for me. So once the introduction of online yellow pages came a thing, you know, and Google was starting to become more of a thing. Google's, you know, 1999, business, but really didn't catch on for a little bit. So I, I really liked the online advertising piece of it because it had like specific numbers. Like you could see how many people actually looked at your specific company's listing and, or called your specific number on the call tracking number. So it gave me confidence in what I was, what I was selling on whether did it work or did it not work to go back to a customer and say, yes, do this again, or, or no, don't do this again. So I really started to, to you know, to take a liking to the online space that point in time. So, um, after that, I got poached. I was by far like the best salesman for what's called Dex, which was us West back in the day quest Dex. Then like all, I mean, the names changed 5 million times, especially today, but, uh, I was getting poached by, um, another online yellow page company who was also selling, uh, Google, like Google paid ad advertising. And they offered me a monster salary that I couldn't turn down. And it was a base plus commission type deal with a monster base. So I took the job and I went to go work for him and I made a ton of money working for this company. But here's where, where my big lesson comes in is um, 
it was called uh, yellowpages.com. Is that, you, you remember that place at all? Actually, I started it. I was in Concha Hawk, and is where I went to go learn all that stuff out wow. just outside of Philly. Hey. And yeah, uh, my neck of the woods. That's where I spent like a, a all, like all my training time and stuff was done was done there. So the I was what I was selling, you know, it has to work in order for me to continue to want to sell something, right? Or or what you're selling needs to be executed on. Cause I'm not going to go and look at you in the face and say, Hey, we're going to do X, Y, Z for you. And then X, Y, Z is not getting done. Then I got to go and look at you again, you know, a year later and say, Hey, you want to renew even though, even when mm-hmm. I told you last year. So there was a real execution problem. And then that to me is an integrity problem. And I have a problem with that. So I learned, Hey, I can sell this stuff. I also can figure out how to do this stuff. So I've always been pretty resourceful. Um, I just started learning how to do all the things myself, you know, over the, the last you know bit of time with, I had with yellowpages.com. And I decided to, you know, talk to my wife and I was like, I'm going to launch my own, my own business. I just connected with the blue collar industry because I grew up on a farm. I kind of come from, you know, a, a small town world and, and you kind of learn how to do a little bit of everything when you work on a farm. Like you learn how to roof a little bit, you learn how to do a little bit of electrical plumbing by no means. Do I have like a great skill set in these things? But you learn same here, them. same here. You learn those things, <laughs> so um, it just was easier for me to talk to to my people. You know, mm-hmm. that was my those are my people. So when I started my own um, business, my wife and I started the business together. We bootstrapped this thing together, and um, it was that was my first like the thing is I thought. I'm just going to try and work with the trades, you know, with the folks in the trades. Cause those are people, people that I know. And that's kind of how, you know, the birth of Rhino got started, which back in the day was actually called brickyard marketing because mm. I was in the state of Indiana. I wanted folks to know I was local. Uh, the nickname of the Indianapolis motor speedway, which houses the largest sporting event in the entire world, the Indianapolis 500, just in case you didn't know PSA, Did not know uh, nickname largest, largest by what measure in People attendance really three hundred plus thousand people in at one one wow. single day event, uh, largest in the world. So, um, but it was nicknamed the Brickyard. So I thought people will know I'm local if the name of the company is called Brickyard, and uh, and that worked by the way. So this is like two thousand and uh, and eight at this point in time. So you know I didn't I didn't come from a whole heck of a lot. I come from a farm town, you know, but I learned a lot of things as a kid. Work ethic, you know, because you got no choice. And I got two sisters, you know, the only boy. Uh, but you learn work ethic, you learn that your word is your bond, you know, integrity uh, means something. And, and, uh, and I was raised right. You know, I got, I, you know, my, my, my parents raised me uh, to be very, you know, um, polite, you know, um, caring, you know, empathetic, things like that. But also my dad raised me to uh, take note. <laughs> so, um, but I learned all of these things, you know, and so a lot of it set the tone for why I was even willing to take the risk to start my own business, but then also the integrity I wanted to pull into the business. So I kind of learned on somebody else's brand on how to do things and also what I didn't want to do before starting my own, my own business. So here it sits today, a, you know, a large operation has been around for 16 years, you know, 130 full-time employees, another 70 wow. part-timers. And uh, all focusing on doing digital marketing for the home services industry. So here I am doing the same thing every day for 15, 16 straight years, <laughs> working with contractors. But <laughs> oh, I'll tell boy. you, like, dude, it's this been This has a, to be your favorite dude, time of year Tony, to take a phone call. Oh, babe. Well, just year in general. Yeah, this year in general has been fantastic. Been but I've, ha- I've worked with some of the biggest 
you know, in the industry, small guys, medium size. I know everybody. All of the biggest, Every right? Yeah, for sure. So it, I've, I've had a lot of different experiences, a lot of different war room conversations with doors closed that people would love to know. I'm like a vault. I know way more stuff than I should possibly know about today, people. Buddy. Just FYI. <laughs> well, I'm a vault. Going with it. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's how I kind of ended up where we are today. And, um, now I get to share all that shit across the podcast, you know, over the last few years, it's been pretty fun. So, uh, what, and you, and you recently merged with or, or, uh, partnered with, or were bought out. What, what's that story? Yeah. So, um, we, we brought on a private equity partner to support our growth plan. So it was very much a growth play for us. Nice. And I was trying to do acquisitions on my own over the last few years, especially during all the, the, the COVID years, because, um, you know, I, I saw opportunities to bring in other services or companies that were serving another industry that I thought would be great in the Rhino family. And if you've ever been through this or, or you've not been through a, uh, a due diligence, it is a very grueling, long process. And the negotiations and stuff are not up my alley. So I learned, I spent a bunch of time, you know, on a few different companies I was trying to buy to pull into the Rhino family that we didn't get done. So that was really just wasted time and, and money. And I thought, you know, you hire for the, you know, your weaknesses. Well, this was one of my weaknesses. So I thought, cool, like the timing was good. We're a big company. You know, we have 600 plus, you know, contractors as customers. Um, how all is all the right relationships. And I finally understood that you don't just have to be bought out and you leave, you know, um, it, there was lots of all, uh, you know, opportunity to bring on a private equity partner to support the growth. Ultimately at the end of the day, I'm just trying to do as best as I possibly can for the contractors that are our customers and, and our employees. At some point in time, I hit an intellectual cap. Like it was nice to have people who have grown bigger organizations than me, have done more than me that we can lean on. And my wife and I kind of, you know, f we never took a cash infusion in this business the entire way. So we grew organically. And, uh, but we were also vulnerable enough to say, you know, every day this company gets bigger is a size company we've never run before. And we got a lot of people that we're responsible for. And so the smart decision was now's the time. If we really want to get this thing to uh, the size we wanted to get it to, and we really, really care about, making sure that all of our uh, employees' dreams can fit in our big dream. So we made the right decision. And it's been fantastic because everything they said they would do to support us in our growth plan that they've done. And so it, it was a, uh, it's been a great, it's been a great decision, but everybody will ask me, well, are you in or are you out? I'm still in I'm actually working like three times more than I was working before. <laughs> Cause now you really want to impress, you know, everybody to make oh, sure yeah. like they made a good decision. So absolutely, I'm not going anywhere, man. I'm only 44. I got a lot of I got a lot of runway ahead of me. Nice. So, Chris, uh, a lot of our audience tends to be technicians who are they're driving to their call right now while they're listening to this podcast. And you know, perhaps the question on their mind is, all right, why should I continue listening to a marketing guy? What what relevance does this have to my day to day? So, speak to that. And help, help the technician, the, the frontline plumber, the frontline electrician in the world understand the impact that you, your services, or marketing in general has upon their next call. Yeah, and, and to all the technicians or anybody that's doing anything in the field right now, God bless you. Um, it is a, uh, I, I'm so grateful uh, that this industry has been deemed an essential business because it is. And I've wanted to yell it forever. So COVID exposed that force and I'm grateful but you have it. You have so much opportunity in front of you now. Though I'm a marketing guy, 
you heard me say I've worked with some of the biggest contractors in the world. I've worked with so many over my 16 years, like thousands of contractors I've had the, the pleasure of partnering with and meeting the technicians and things like that. So I look at business very personal. The, what my team does impacts a company positively or negatively. And the way I look at it is there's human beings behind every brand. Like you know, maybe my employees see, oh, this, you know, we're working for ABC contracting today. I see beyond the brand and see the human beings behind it, like you, the technician. And I have a responsibility to grow and scale this company, which also gives you more opportunity to do more within the business. But just because I'm helping grow the business by bringing in new customers, you, the technician, got to do more. So you can't just do the day-to-day. And, you know, you can be a great technician if you wanted to be. You can go and run the jobs and, you know, have go-backs and, like, do all the, you know, the, like, the, just what the job is. But you could also be listening to podcasts like this and and getting ideas on what can you do to make yourself better? What realistic opportunity do you have besides just being a technician? Because you're in a very valuable position. A, uh, you're in a very critical position. And um, and last time I checked with all this AI buzz, AI buzz, ain't, this AI stuff ain't taking your job. It's yet to turn around. <laughs> AI is not going to go and... Install an air conditioner. AI is not going to go and, you know, like, so, so your job's not going anywhere anytime soon. There's only more opportunity for you. But I think what happens too, and, and maybe you've experienced this before because we haven't had enough time to talk through some of these things, is maybe you don't understand what you can do with this job other than just being a technician who comes in and, and runs the jobs and does a great job and, uh, and goes home. Maybe you've got more opportunity to learn how to be better at customer service, you know, because um, you're always, you know, you're connecting with the customer. You, how do you even recognize you need to be better at customer service? Like maybe you got to ask, hey, you know what? Like what could I be doing better? Maybe you go and ask your peer, what could I be doing uh, better? Or go ask your boss you know, or your lead, what could I be doing better? Like what are you doing to make yourself not just be another technician or installer or, or a server, you know, or whatever. So I get to have so many conversations with different technicians and installers of all shapes and sizes, whether it be HVAC, plumbing, electrical, even in the roofing side, which is a little bit different. But, you not, you know, you have all this opportunity in front of you that most just don't take advantage of. You're listening to a podcast, that's a step in the right direction, right? Because you're doing something, but... One of the critical things I always say, and I'll say this from all the keynotes I've done and breakouts and stuff, is you can listen to this podcast and you can get notes from whether whether it's this episode or the other episodes these guys have done. And it is, you have to do something with it, right? Like ambition without action is useless, right? You can have all the ambition and all like the hope and like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I took notes or I got a great idea, but then you got to actually do something with it for it to mean anything. Otherwise, you're just giving yourself, you know, a rah-rah speech, you know, for to pump yourself up for the day, and then next day you fall right back in the same routine. That's what I would encourage you not to do, because unfortunately, that's what the majority do. So you want to set yourself apart, take action. The five-second rule. Is that uh, Mel Robbins <clears throat> wrote wrote a book called The Five Second Rule. It's with whenever you hear a new idea, uh, something that piques your interest, something that you say, "Ooh, yeah, that would work." you start counting down from five and before that hits zero, you have taken some kind of action on it. Even if it's just setting a calendar invite or sending oh, gotcha. a text message, you take some kind of action to move yourself toward uh, actually doing it. Yeah. Some sort of a next step. I would also give some encouragement and maybe you guys talked about this before too, is something that I love 
is when people bring me new ideas, you know, and, and or, or something that can either help the business be better, be more efficient, uh, whatever. I love these things. That being said, what you don't want is be the guy that comes to you with, you know, somebody with, uh, you know, five, six, seven, ten ideas. Maybe think through this process. It's called a, and I have this happen because I get a lot of things brought to me often. It's called a purpose process payoff. Come to me with ideas because one that tells me that you're taking initiative, like to do, like you, you've thought about making the business better because of X, Y, Z. So what's the purpose? What's the process? How's it going to, you know, how's that going to work within the business? And what's the payoff? What's the end result of actually you bringing this thing to me? You go through that. That tells me so much about the, the thought that you put into oh, those man, things. Yeah. But I, I love that because now it shows your initiative. Like you did something different than the majority of the of your peers at the business. You came to me with something, but not only did you come to me with something, you thought through how to implement it and what the payoff of it was. That's Pay, pretty big. Payoff, process, Purpose, process, purpose, payoff. Okay. I purpose, see process, notes, payoff. But I actually forgot my notepad, so I'm not going to be doing that today. <laughs> well, then remember that down. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, have my son clip that when he edits this <laughs> and just send me that piece. But I like that. I like that because as a general manager, I have people reporting to me, and you get that thing where, as like you, I want to be wide open to people's ideas, and and oftentimes the best innovations in our in our department or space or whatever you're in are going to come from the people who are doing the work day to day and like actually in the grind, but you get it where it's so open that everyone just stops by and throws you a whatever. And then two days later, they're like, Hey, did you, uh, did we take some action on that? Did we get that done? And you're like, it wasn't a done. That was a concept. (laughs) (laughs) It was a theory. Yeah. And sometimes they're great, but we don't always have time to take action on all that stuff. So having them, uh, you know, bring me an idea, but also purpose, Process, Process payoff. Pay yep. Love it. That's beautiful. Bring the plan. All right. We just fu- we just figured out the name for this episode, baby. <laughs> Purpose process payoff. Yeah, forget that other thing I was talking <laughs> about. This is fantastic. Well, Chris, it is that time of the year when a lot of guys are examining their process or should be examining their process in terms of understanding if there's anything they've cut out, if they've added anything that isn't supposed to be in there, or even if they have a process in general. And perhaps there's no better time to do that than when it is more of a slower season, which I think is where a lot of our listeners find themselves. And so I was, I was curious if you could draw some correlation between the strategies that you take in terms of making a solid marketing campaign and applying those to me as a technician in the field. What are the things that I can do to market myself better to my client, uh, to, to the people that I'm seeing and serving today? Uh, maybe even to my peers, to my boss, what are some strategies from a marketing paradigm that I as a technician can apply to improve my, well, for lack of a better word, my marketability? Man, that's an interesting interesting question. Nobody's ever asked me a question on how does marketing actually help the technician? Dang, I I owe 10 push-ups because whenever someone says that's a great question to one of us, the other one has to do 10. (laughs) Is that what it was? Just to start tallying. I'll wait. I see you. I see you. (laughs) You're so much stronger than I am, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) I I noticed that he's got some guns on him, man. He's been doing a lot of (laughs) push-ups. We know know who's the best question asker in the group. You would think I tune out most of the time while Nate does the interviews because he is an assassin at this. I think that... uh, you know, like if I was going to put my technician hat on, here's what happens in this, because you mentioned slow season. So like we talked, there's a couple different things I need to talk about. Slow season is, 
the ideal time for if if you're indeed slow and you're kind of sitting around, you have more time to sit around. Well, let's call it. Nobody wants that because if you're sitting around, you're not making any money. Yeah. Right? It's it's costing money. So best case scenario is um, find ways to make yourself better at X Y Z. Whether it be soft, soft skills, you know, if it's your technical skills, um, you know, you do something to make yourself uh, more valuable to not only your current, you know. Um, to yourself, but to your current employer. Like by doing anything like that, you're increasing your value um, and you're increasing your skill set. So, so find things. And if you don't know, guess what's a, a nice little feather in the cap? Go ask your, your, go ask your yeah. boss, you know, um, and, and figure out, Hey man, what's something I could be doing to just be better. You're already a great, you know, already a great employee. Yeah. But what if I want to be even better? Like what else can I go do? I love when people ask me those things too. So no, don't ask then, that question unless you're prepared to take then action. Take action, it, yes. Well, purpose, process, payoff. Yeah. So you have to take action. So I'm saying ambition without action is useless. The worst thing that you can do, one of the worst things you can do, is go and ask your boss, what can I do to be better? And then not do it. <laughs> because now no one's going to believe you, right? You've yeah. you've got now got a trust issue. And what was supposed to be a good, like a good thing is now uh, turned into a, a black guy, right? So if you're going to do it, uh, do it. You know, if, but don't be afraid to ask for help. If you have a mentor leader in your life that, that, you, that you know helps people regularly and you ask that person what you can be doing better or how you can take some action and the response you get is, I don't know, do whatever you want, you've probably asked that question a few times and taken no action. It's really good. The exact response that a leader gives to the person that's nonstop asking how to get better and taking zero action up. Or you have a crappy leader. If you have a good leader. So we started on <laughs> that. Go- yeah, oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. <laughs> if you know he helps people, he, she helps people uh, regularly and you're going to him or her and uh, asking a question and you're getting kind of the cold shoulder, it just, it gets to this, like at some point you want to stop casting your pearls to swine. You want to stop pouring into a vessel with a hole in it. Because mm-hmm. if, if there's no payoff, if there's no return... And oftentimes for a leader, I know myself, I know Nate and Chris and I are just meeting for the second time, but I've been listening to Chris for a year and a half now. So I feel like I know Chris. <laughs> um, I know that the payoff for us oftentimes is just, if not the majority of the time, is seeing someone get better. No, For no monetary uh, increase to us whatsoever, it's just if I give someone advice and they take it and they get better, that is a payoff. But if they don't take it, it's a deficit. It actually draws out of our account. Yeah. So you have to be prepared to jump all over that advice and then maybe even make it a point to show that you did and, and talk about, give some feedback. Yeah. Whether it worked or didn't. What else can be done like in a, or maybe to prepare for a, a slow season or see. So from a marketing perspective, um, that's where companies like mine earn their stripes is it's easy to look like a rock star when demand is high, call counts high, you know, um, the board's full. Uh, this is where having focused on this industry for 16, now six, going on 16 straight years uh, has, has been helpful because no matter how big or successful a company is or looks from the outside, a million percent in spring and fall, depending on where you're at, like here in Phoenix, we really have, 
two seasons. You know, like December, January, and February are the worst here. Everybody's scratching and clawing for things. A lot of people take it off. Like they just take those months off. Um, we don't in, get that one. In HVAC. In HVAC. Yeah. All the other trades are fine. Yep. HVAC specifically. Um, but yeah, you have to, you know, th- this is when you have to learn. Um, okay, there's a there's a, a, a preseason and a postseason. So I'll, let, me, let me just go ahead and reference like the Northeast since that's kind of where you guys are, are from. We got true four seasons in the Northeast. We got we got a winter, spring, summer, and fall, but we actually see like changes in, in climate. And spring and fall are the challenging seasons. Um, so how do we keep people busy? Well, the reality is, is that even though demand, like overall people, you know, homeowners searching for, for business is down, it's not gone. So it's just a different type of user. I love going after um, straight install business on the HVAC side of things. So there's seasonality, obviously more so in the HVAC side of things. But um, in spring and fall, I've going after install business. Now, yes, there's less of it, but the conversion rates are higher, and those that are buying can buy more expensive things, and they have cash, which is nice. So people are thinking, I'm going to save a little something. If I just wait, I limp this thing through into spring, and there's like this three-week gap at, at the end of a season where I just hammer the uh, postseason buyer. The postseason install guy or a guy or gal or homeowner. Same thing right before the season. You know, right before the season ramps up, those who didn't take care of their air conditioning or furnace or whatever it is are going to try before the peak season thinking it's all it's all a psychological like cost savings, you know, decision. So that theory is 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 uh, has been proven years ago on that one. So that's something that we go after here to try and keep them busy. But there's a gap. There's a gap in still in between the um, seasons where we got to hope Mother Nature helps out a little bit in the HVAC world. Um, if not, you, the technician, want to go and drum up some business, start joining some different groups. You know, getting involved with, um, I don't know, if, if your um, company does any, uh, it's like sponsorships of ball teams or whatever it is. A lot of people will go and like stroke a check for 250 bucks or 300 bucks or whatever for the local ball team, which is great. Um, and, but what if you actually like, went to a game and as you know with your stuff on and just connected with the parent if you're an introvert right now you're thinking oh, absolutely not i'm not going to talk Nate, to anybody Nate right now yeah. <laughs> but just by going and being there and uh and talking to the the parents you know it's just like you can easily go and do things to try and just put the brand out there because brand is so so important and it's never been more important than it is like right now so those are things that can be helpful and just you know the better brand equity you got the better the uh, slow seasons i use air quotes you know are going to be so as a as a really we'll say what it is legend in the in the uh home services marketing game podcast aside you're just a well-known name and a well-known brand you recommend working with pretty much all of the biggest uh, biggest uh, companies in the business, still recommend doing this kind of thing for branding, showing up at the baseball game, probably like the food drive, stuff like that, just getting the name out there. Yeah, man, think about it. Um, you, you have a brand story to tell. Like you were just talking to, you know, our friend Goodrich, who's a good friend of mine too, and they've got arguably one of the best, one of the best brand stories, but you got to live the brand. Like if you truly believe in whatever it is that makes up the brand and say that's your core values of integrity or like really wanting to be a part of this or giving back, you know, which is a big, big deal to me, you got to go and do those things regardless of brand equity. Everybody stops doing it 
who's out there telling the, the brand story. Now it just comes down to your customer service, you know, or the marketing that you're doing for demand. Like, absolutely. Like, you got to keep rowing the boat if you want to get to the destination. Yeah, because so. oftentimes you, you, you hear that that stuff doesn't, or you hear people have a feeling that stuff doesn't pay off. And it doesn't pay off if your idea of it is to go do one little league game where you sponsor it and did it check the box hand out t-shirts or hats yeah. or, or whatever and then they never see you again but but doing this thing over and over and over again is going to make the phone ring yeah and listen you as an individual technician whether it doesn't matter like what trade you're in um anytime you're doing something good for uh say it's for your company like perfect example is at rhino uh, we still do a community service day every single month. You know, so one day a month, every Friday. So my team works four nines and a four. So on Fridays, they only work four hours. We still shut the office down on Friday and they go and do community service somewhere. I don't do that for branding. I do that because it's part of our core values and what we're about. Mm. But the byproduct of that is branding. Yeah. And it shows what my brand is about. So when someone comes and says, well, I've heard about Rhino. I've heard about uh, Chris or her about whatever. And then they go into social and, and look at you, like look to see what you're about. And they see the things that we do. We back up what we say we do. We're a company that loves to give. I've been given for 16 years, man. Like I didn't just say it to sound good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but those things all add up. And I'm a big believer of no matter what position that you're in at a business, even if you're the janitor at a business, um, if you can, get some sort of leadership training or ask for leadership training. It just makes you think differently. You know, it, it allows you to maybe think about what you can do with your job that can make you great at mopping. Maybe it's you switch up the mop you're using because it makes you more efficient and it's bigger, you know, or the broom, you know, that you're using. I had, um, a former president of Starbucks on the podcast and actually I got to meet with him. His name's Howard Bihar. And uh, he would talk about how they would have the lowest person on the totem pole take leadership training at Starbucks. And it was to get their mindset to think bigger because they're just thinking about the task at hand, which is easy to fall into when you're a technician, right? You're doing the yep. task at hand. But what could you be doing better? And sometimes you just don't know because you've not got that sort of training yet to learn what else can I go do to be great? And that's the time when you say, Hey boss, what else can I go do to be great? And then you got to do what with it? Take action. You got to take action. Part of marketing is definitely the ability to take action, uh, but to take action with intentionality. So there's a certain, good. Uh, I'll, I'll say that marketing falls into two categories. You have your, your proven processes and then you have your experimentation sandbox, right? So the proven process, those are the things that are the non-negotiables, you know, in the technician's world, that's, you know, we could say that's things like your uniform and, you know, where you're parking your truck and, and your, your presentation of options and, and those types of things. Those may be part of the proven process. But then there's also the sandbox called experimentation. And in marketing, there's a, a concept called A-B testing, right? And so A-B testing is basically, I'm not quite sure which ad or which display or which graphic or which video is going to perform better. So I'm going to use a small budget and I'm going to do an A-B test. In test A, I'm going to feature the picture of an outdoor unit 
And in test B, I'm going to feature the picture of a technician. I'm going to run the same ad copy and everything like that and put a small budget to it. And then whichever A or B side of the equation starts getting traction and going from there, uh, then you put the rest of your budget behind that. From a technician's perspective, when it is slower and when you have the opportunity to specifically slow down your process, could you think of some ways that they could invite A-B testing into their process to know whether if I say it this way to the client, it's going to perform better or whether I you know, use this, this body language or this type of phraseology or this tonality? Are there some A-B tests that a technician could do in his process from start to finish? Good grief. This guy. I told you, bro. This He's guy. a lot of work to be around. You have no Good idea. Lord. You think this is something. You should try hanging out with him. It is. What, what time is it here? Uh, there. Yeah, there. near Philadelphia. You know, um, you know my, because I'm ADHD guy, I was thinking about four different responses before you're even like halfway through what the question that you're asking me. <laughs> I thought it was uh, just me. <laughs> nah, man, it's totally me. Um, I don't know that I have a, a great response to that because I, I would be just saying it to say it, um, the, uh, to, 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 you know, to give some sort of an answer, but I don't want wow. the listeners to take that away and be like, yeah, let's do that when I've not really thought that through. Uh, hey, let me, before you finish, just want to thank you for that answer. <laughs> We've never gotten that answer on this show before where I don't want to just say an answer to say an answer, but I have not thought, thought through that well enough. Um, that's humility. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, but that's, you know, the worst thing I could do is give a response and then they did it and they were like, that was total crap. And then, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm not trying to make things more difficult, but I will say like, maybe I can just share a few things that came to mind when you said that, if that's okay. Um, yep, and depending on your like comfort level, you know, you, we, let's talk about you as a technician, regardless of again, what phase that you're in can build a personal brand. And that personal brand can carry you through your career. Um, it, ways that you could do that are like in, in your pocket, you know, um, you have a, a cell phone, you know, the calculator that the teacher said that you'd never be carrying around in your pocket <laughs> is literally on in your pocket. Whoops. Uh, but it also has a really, really nice camera on it and a really, really nice video on it too. And uh, I learned a, a few like key things, and this is this is regardless of your position in the business. This is just in general. But um, I had a partnership with a dude named Gary Vaynerchuk for three for three years, and and Gary really taught me like the pillar of of you know well really we're uh, all of us me you all of us you the listener are all in the entertainment business in one way or another. Um, we are trying to entertain somebody, whether it be through good service, you're trying to get them to pay attention to us or whatever you're offering them to, you know, to take that they need to take care of at their home or whatever you're offering them to make their uh, comfort level better or their home better, all those things. But we're trying to entertain them to pay. We're trying to get attention. That's what we're trying to do. And really we're trying to get, uh, we're trying to be influential to get them to walk down this path. But you as the individual can come, can start to build your own personal brand. And here's what you, you can focus on. There's two main things that you can do. You could record a simple video and it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be uh, anything amazing. Don't worry about quality. Uh, all you got to do is you can record a video that says, Hey, I was at Mrs. Jones house. Um, and the, uh, you know, air conditioner is making this noise and, or this was the problem. And, uh, and, and I found out what could have fixed this, you know, how I could fix this thing. And, and, 
uh, I was able to take care of it and I was able to get it done in this amount of time and make sure everything was nice and clean. And, and Hey, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, were you happy with our service today? Like we, you can ask Mrs. Jones this and she'll give you the most rawest real answer in the moment when she's legit happy. But what you're doing with that is one, you're listening to this right now, overthinking it for sure. Um, whatever the problem or services that you went and took care of, hopefully you went and took care of it with care. And you did a good job of making sure that Mrs. Jones had the right solution. She had a fair price and that the customer service was great. So maybe ask her about that. Hey, I went and took care of this for you, Mrs. Jones. Um, you know, I did, the, you know, I, I, uh, I did a great job on this thing. I, you know, I, I've, I took care of these things for you. Hopefully the cost was fair. Are you satisfied with our service? And you can get a video of Miss Jones saying that. I'm telling you, don't be afraid because Mrs. Jones nine times out of 10 wants to give you that. As long as you legit did it, you yeah. took care of her and didn't, you know, rake over the coals on costs and all those things. And if you didn't, no better time to find out before you leave that house. A man. million percent, right? To go, no more go now. backs. Yeah. But you'll find out if you did those things with the right intention and integrity and you can get a video of it. It's more normal now than ever to do, you know, for those, for, to get video of stuff. And most people are used to it. I deal with this often across lots of different contractors. We're saying, Hey, Go and get some video. The technicians that actually step up and do it, we find out that they were nervous initially. They did one, and they're like, "Okay, actually, this was this was pretty easy to do." So, but it's one thing that you can do to help set yourself apart is if you're recording yourself giving some education, you know, and if you're a little bit entertaining, that also helps. But those are little things that you can continuously do and post. And if you're in social media groups, maybe you're giving some educational tips on like what they need to look for in different seasons or what to be prepared for, or if you have a you know, cabin, you need to winterproof your cabin. What should you be doing? Should you be shutting the water off? Like giving these videos and then posting them starts to allow you to build your personal brand. You're just giving, giving, and giving by education. Mm -hmm. Little things. Don't overthink it. And you become an expert. You become an expert. And to, a known expert. And perception is reality, baby. So mm -hmm. when people see that and they see you and they don't know who you are, but they hear you giving things away for free and educational tips that help them when they, even when they don't need it, you begin to build a phenomenal personal brand. People think I'm a plumber from this show. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm third generation and did it for most of my life, but I'm still not a plumber. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a pool cleaner, so. There you go. I'm kidding. <laughs> Chris, you mentioned ADHD there a minute ago, and it made me think about distraction. Um, we live in a distracted, a distracted world, and everything is vying for our attention, whether it is advertising, commercials, whether it's, people that we're talking to, our careers, things that are going on at home. There's so many distractions that are attempting to secure our attention and our focus. And from a marketing perspective, one of your key goals is to basically get, you know, five, six, 30 seconds of that person's attention. If you can get it in full, fantastic. If you can get it in partial, you know, you'll take whatever you can. But there's an element of allurement that you have to design your ads, your, your copy, your videos, whatever it is, to seek and grab that attention to avoid the distraction. If I'm a technician and I'm speaking to somebody, they too are in an element of distraction. Like, you know, they're worried about the bill that they're going to have to pay. They're worried about the damage that was just done by the leaking pipe in their house. They're worried about the, the kids that are about to get home from school. They're worried about you know, the fact that you parked in front of the garage and that their spouse is getting home soon and they're worried about all these things. 
And the sit-down process, the at-the-table process, can end up being very distracted. Can you relay any technique or any strategies that you employ to create as much attraction and attention focusing uh, for, for a viewer, if you will, or in our case, a client sitting on the other end of the table to help eliminate the other distractions and ke- create focus and attention on what you know, me as a technician is trying to communicate in that moment. Yeah, so this, this will be a very simple answer for us. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give you a little two-parter. Uh, and this is something that I continuously work on, by the way, um, even in, in my role as CEO, um, is being a really, really good listener. So not just listening to respond to what the person's saying, but listening to understand what's the problem. How can you legit fix it? And how can you get that point across in a very caring, authentic way? So a lot of times in the way that someone's telling you, you know, their, their problems, you're immediately thinking about how to overcome the objection that you know is probably coming, you know, or whether it be cost or, or whatever. Um, but maybe actually just sit there and legit listen to understand what the real problem is. And if you need to take a moment when they're done talking, whether say it's a second, two second, like sometimes there's a ton of power in silence. And by the way, I don't do sales trainings and things like this. I'm just trying to give you like you know, some things that I've learned along the way. I know sales training's coming. <laughs> well, it. I mean, we do sales trainings, but it's I'm not in that scenario. I'm not sitting at the kitchen table with somebody like that too. But but this I think transcends across really anything mm-hmm. you know in a sales position because salespeople are notoriously listening, you know, waiting to respond and sometimes yeah. cutting them off. But if you, if you just legit listen to understand, it one shows them, you know, the nonverbal communication shows them that you're listening to them, you're looking at them and you weren't like waiting to like say something to them, you know, to respond really quick because that's what salespeople do. But it does change a little bit of the perception of what people can think about you. If you just take a second and say, yeah, Mrs. Jones, I completely understand. So what you're trying to do is X, Y, Z. Obviously this is a very like you, but you took the time to listen and understand what the real problem is. And that comes across, especially if you're like legit and being genuine as you know, I'm really trying to understand your problem so I can fix it because that's all they want you to do is fix their problem. They just want you to fix the problem. They don't want you to be in there in the first place, right? More often than not, this where people aren't reaching out to you and bringing you in because it's a it's a a a, a want, it's a need. You know, it's a need to solve a problem, but it's also a pain. And there's you know, anytime you can create an emotion, emotion creates an action, and the emotion I want them to feel when they talk to me is this person like really gets it and really understands and really cares and is going to take care of me. And I'm going to start that process by really listening to you and paying attention to you and letting you know, you've got my full attention. And then I'm going to give you the best response that I can based on the skill set that I have and the, and the options that I have for you to fix your problem. That's it. Listening, really listening to understand Keith Mercurio is a guy who it challenges me every time I talk to him and I'll say something like, Oh man, I, you know, uh, thanks for being so humble. And he's like, you're not humble or I'm not humble. Like he always calls me out things we just say, but he always challenges me to get better at legit listening to understand versus just listening to respond. It's powerful. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of listening, I know we have uh, some other time commitments we need to get to today, but we would be remiss if we did not mention the fact that you, uh, you're you a podcaster yourself. Uh, why don't you wrap us up with a little bit of uh, head knowledge if somebody is not aware of what To The Point is. Talk to us about that and what you're doing over there. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for asking that. And I'll make it fast too. And, and uh, you know, To The Point Home Services podcast was literally just another platform for me to give back to the home services industry, whether you're an owner, GM, private equity technician, doesn't matter, wife of a, a husband of a, doesn't matter. <laughs> that was a little shout out. Uh, Again, Mrs. It, Burton is sitting behind us. Yeah, that was a shout out to Mrs. Burton. Um, but, you know, it is, it's a podcast where I bring up, brought on all of these other, uh, not only owners, but GMs and sales, different sales guys and trainers and things like this to extract the skill they've had from their experience over all these years and then share it with all those listening. So that way, if uh, they might relate to one and they can move past the hurdle, much like your podcast, you know, trying to help the technicians think through different things or, or it's the same thing. It's just that uh, I've used all these big relationships I've had over the years with some of the biggest and try to get them to break down and share their pitfalls, you know, because we've all been through them. They go through them. They've been through many of them. And you share those vulnerable moments and how they overcame them. And the hope is that the listener, you know, can can take something away from that and go and make their business better. That's my heart. That's my, that's the purpose of To The Point Home Services Podcast. Rhino Strategic Solutions is the digital marketing company that's basically my only job is to bring in new customers for home services businesses. That's it. That, I get it's 30,000 foot view. That's my job. We just had the blessing of doing it for, uh, you know, nearly 16 years now. And uh, I'm still doing it for, the, I don't know how long in the future, but it still looks like it's pretty far down the road. Any idea how many businesses you've worked for through Ryan? Yeah, so I do have an idea of that. Um, my guess is we're north of uh, 16, should be north of 1,600 different contractors over the tenure. Now, keep in mind, I'm not a, I'm not a quantity business. I'm not trying to work with everybody. I would rather keep a small group and retain them and help them scale and grow because it's better for me as a business too. Mm-hmm. Now we're legit a partner and we're scaling the team together. So I don't need 100 new people to do those things. So that's by design. So yeah, I mean, 1,600 uh, is actually a decent chunk of contractors I've been able to work with. It could end up being more than that. If I just counted websites I've built, we'd be well over the 3,000 mark. Wow. And apps, we built 3,000 some odd apps for contractors back in the day. But as far you as like- build apps? Actually, we, no, we do not anymore. You do not hear me say that. That was you so You personally far build apps? I do not right. build any of that stuff We're anymore. staying, babe. No, so we're get out. comfortable. Nope. The waste so, uh, no day I'm coming to it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not your guy. <laughs> Well, Chris, if people are interested uh, in learning or hearing more about To The Point, where, where can they find that at? On uh, really any podcast platform, YouTube, you name it. Uh, just go to, to the, you can type in To The Point. You can type in Home Services Podcast. You can, t- you know, I'm a marketing guy, so I make sure the podcast pops up when you search for it. <laughs> but really any of those um, social media, you can find us there. And even for me personally, like I'm, I'm, I think you guys have gotten to know, I'm, a, I'm pretty much living my life on the record. And I'm a, and I'm an open book, so it's pretty easy to find me too. So, if you uh, want to reach out to me through social media, um, I'm happy to uh, to connect with you. Like I, it don't matter it, who you are, what you've accomplished, what you've not accomplished. That matters to me none. If you reach out and ask me for help, I'll help you. It is true. We were we were podcasting for probably six months and and completely unheard of when I came across. Actually, Brent, I think I told uh, Chris this. Brent Buckley, I was talking to him about coming on the show, and he's like, "I've done a couple shows," and I'm like. What there are, there are other shows <laughs> that do what we do, and he put me on to to the point. 
And uh, the first one I listened to was his. And then I saw Ken Goodrich on there, who, you know, is a mentor of mine. And I'm like, what? So I uh, just dug in and, and uh, I just shot him a text on Facebook Messenger. And this is part of why I say on the episode all the time, if you shoot me a text on Facebook Messenger or LinkedIn or wherever, you will get an answer. Like it might not be five minutes after right. you send it, but I, I promise you I will answer you. And it actually has a lot to do with the fact that Chris, who had this big show that like blew me. Nate, do you remember when I came across this show and came to the leadership team? Like, oh, oh my goodness, you guys got to hear some of this and just was like throwing episodes really? out to my boss. Oh, yeah. Cool. Like probably six, eight episodes in a week's time. Dude. <laughs> just like was like pinching the end of the hose and let that sucker go. Dude, these like, are the things that fill my cup though. Like you tell me that. So thank you for telling me that. Appreciate yeah, it was it. a big, it was a big deal for me, man. A, a lot of questions got answered and um, things that, things that you got, you talked about with some of the guests were things that we happened to be struggling with in our, in our business at that time. And um, just, it really, it really uh, helped us get through some things. But then I just shot you a Facebook messenger message and said, bro, love the show. We got a little show too. Uh, but you know, I forget what guest it was specifically that I reached out about to say, thank you so much or whatever. But uh, Chris got back to me, like, I think it was even the same day and just said, Hey, thanks for the support. And then we had a nice conversation and I was like, wow, <laughs> just like that. He just answered. So I, I said, uh, no I'm matter. No, I'm no different than you, dude. I'm doing the same thing. No matter how huge <laughs> and international the show gets massive, how many millions of fans we get dozens, dozens of fans. Uh, dozens. I'll, I'll always, I'll always answer the, uh, messages, um, until, they're just too many, and then I'll have someone else do it. But I'll still, like an OnlyFans model, I'll still pretend that it's me <laughs> answering. <laughs> <the whole> time. <laughs> I still respond personally to everything. Yeah. That if somebody reaches out to me directly, they respond to the show. Yes, I have a, a filtering process. Sure. If they re, but if they reach out to me personally, uh, I respond to everything. It might not be until 11, 12 o'clock at night because that's when I had time yeah. to do it or the next morning. Especially if you're on the East Coast. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> It's only eight or nine for us. Yeah. It's got a, It's getting about nine, ten o'clock for you now, Nate. Right? That's right. That's right. It's time time to go to bed. Chris, this has been great, man. Thanks so much for not only sharing with us on this show, but for everything that you've done for the industry, in terms of the marketing, of course, but also what you've given back to so many listeners with the To the Point podcast, To the Point Home Services podcast. Uh, we appreciate that, not only because we're in that space, but because you've been in that space for even longer and you've given so much more. So from us to you, from our audience to you, thank you for that. And we've appreciated you sharing even more with us on today's show. Yeah, man, I'm really grateful. Thanks for, for saying that. Um, I, and I, and I'm, I was looking forward to doing this with you guys. You know, it's exciting to be able to do this, you know, together with fellow podcasters who really have the same, you know, purpose here, and that's to try and help the trades. Yep. So uh, I'll get behind that all, all day long, but uh you, know, you guys keep doing your thing. Um, I keep seeing more and more stuff pop up that you guys are doing and hearing more and more of it. So whatever you're doing is working. So so keep it up. It's uh, you know, you don't realize how much good you're doing for the industry until you start hearing that feedback from those people who you're doing good. Like you just said, is the whole reason I keep doing what I'm doing. Yep. As much of a pain it can be sometimes because sure. it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It, that makes it worth it. Yep. So, yeah, it really does. And we say it every week. And again. Uh, go to, to the point. I'm just ending on a call to action. Listen to the show. I know a lot of your listeners already because I've talked about it for a year and a half now. If you, if you listen, you enjoy it, 
I can't tell you, uh, not, not everyone's going to reach out to Chris and tell him how much you appreciate him. <laughs> but man, if you're scrolling down anyway, and you're about to pass that review part, uh, thank you. at least, at least just hit the five star button. And if you're really feeling it, give him a little message about what the show's done for you. I've, I, uh, I've said that for so long. <laughs> and then like just a few months ago, I said, you know what? I've, I hit the five star, but I had never written you a message. So I just said, screw it. I'm doing it right now. And I, I left a, uh, a written review. And I, I believe he, like us, doesn't charge anything. We don't play commercials. Um, we don't try to sell you anything. He never ends his show with like, you need to be on Rhino Marketing. <laughs> never heard him do anything like that. Um, the least the least you can do if you're taking something from it is the one thing we ask you for is uh, hit them hit with a five-star or write them a nice message. It Thank goes you. a long way. Absolutely. And it, and it really does help with the guests that you can get on the show because when you're reaching outside the industry, a lot of the booking agents look at what your reviews are. And if it's 16, they're, they're going to tell you he's busy. <laughs> like, sorry, Mike Rose tied up right now. <laughs> if it's 1,600 or 16,000, you have a much better shot of, of landing these bigger guests. And if you want to hear these bigger guests... Write him a review. Absolutely. Cool. Well, hey, that's a wrap for this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed your time spent with Chris. It was good to hear from him. He has so much industry knowledge and expertise that is valuable not only for technicians, but owners, GMs, and everybody in between. If you're interested in learning more about him, he is all over social media. You can find him. He is the CEO of Rhino Strategic Solutions, as well as the host of the To The Point Home Services podcast. And while we're mentioning that, there is plenty of time in the week. So we are not a jealous audience um, of our show. There is plenty of time in the week to listen to this show, to listen to his shows, and to listen to plenty of others. So please educate yourself and get involved in multiple different perspectives. It will make you a better person. That's it for this show. We hope that you enjoyed it. And we want to leave you with our weekly challenge, which is the same. Choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. <laughs>